Welcome to the 360T Podcast, a series that features top industry professionals offering unique insights regarding how the FX market is developing around us. Hello, and welcome to the 360T Podcast with myself, Galen Stops. And today I'm joined by Stuart Simmons, Director, Head of Currency at QIC in Australia. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks very much, Galen. It's good to be here. So I'm looking forward to this discussion because we're going to be talking about something that has become something of a controversial topic in the FX industry in recent years, and that is the WMR fix, also known as the London 4PM fix. And the reason I wanted to get you on was because you wrote a very interesting report recently on this topic. I want to kind of get into a few details of the report, but to kick us off, can you give me and the listeners sort of the 10,000 foot view of the key conclusions that you drew from that report regarding this benchmark? Yeah, sure. I guess the key conclusion is that systematic rebalancing of FX hedges by executing at the London 4pm fix delivers a poor outcome for investors. Investors can get seduced by the abundant liquidity and low bid-ask spreads that are associated with trading at that time. But the simple truth is that they're not getting the best result for their underlying investors. And there's some evidence that there may be no worse time to be executing than London 4pm. Okay, that's a good starting point with uh, lots for us to unpack there. So let's start with the liquidity argument, right? As you mentioned there, people getting, as you phrased it, rather wonderfully seduced by the liquidity. I can tell you that as someone who works for a platform provider, the firms that we work with are generally after more liquidity not less. And clearly, there's a logic to it. There's more liquidity, there's more matching opportunities for firms. But in the report, you kind of talk about this liquidity being illusory. Can you explain why actually having all this liquidity isn't a good thing at the 4pm fix? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with you that there's the little doubt that London 4pm represents the greatest concentration of order flow. But what benefits investors is order flow that's balanced and somewhat unpredictable. You you described it as the opportunity for matching. But if that order flow is imbalanced, then actually there's not going to be that opportunity for matching and people are going in the same direction. And that's the world we operate in. That order flow is often unbalanced and predictable. Uh, Investors respond to market movements in the underlying assets and rebalance their hedges accordingly. And so there's a simple reaction function whereby if foreign asset prices go up, the investor will be increasing their FX hedge position. And if foreign asset prices go down, investors will be decreasing their FX hedge position. So this leads directly to a skew in that order balance or what we've termed herd behavior in that report that you mentioned earlier. The flow becomes predictable and the surge in trading volumes corresponds with a material market impact and one which invariably goes against the investor. So at an individual level, one investor may consider that their market impact is negligible at the 4pm fix, but it's that collective of investors going in the same direction that really impacts the market. And then you also talk about how the WM fix in its current form creates a number of misaligned interests. Can you expand on that for me, please? Sure. The most obvious example of misalignment there is that relationship between the investor and the counterparty bank. 
because trading at the fix usually operates with the bank acting as principal to the trade and not agent. So once the order is left with the bank, the currency risk is also transferred as the bank is exposed to exchange rate movements at the fix. And this means that for a client buy order, for example, the bank profits if the average rate at which it buys on market is less than the fixed rate which it sells to the client. So essentially, they both want the price to move in opposite directions into the fix. But there's another level of misalignment that occurs. And this one I don't think is really considered as obvious And it's that misalignment between the underlying investor and their own investment manager. Because this is where, for reasons of either generating scale or because of additional transparency, the fix is selected by that investment manager in spite of the poor outcomes that get delivered to that end investor. Why do you think that that last conflict of interest has arisen? Yeah, I'll give you an example. There's a lot of trading that takes place in FX where an investor might employ a party, a bank or a custodian that trades on their own book for that client. So there's related party dealing. And to get around the implicit conflict of interest that exists there, they will tell that investor, look, we know there's a conflict of interest, but what we'll do is we'll set your trades at the London 4pm fix for additional transparency. So, you know, to get around one evil, which is the conflict of interest, you choose right. another evil, which is trading at London 4 p.m. It's actually a lot better just to choose an investment manager who's not conflicted and is going to act as a fiduciary at all times. Now, other people have highlighted some flaws in the WM fix before. One of the big changes to it in recent years was, I believe it was in 2015, some changes were made to the benchmark calculation process where the the fixed window was lengthened from one to five minutes. Do you think that this change made any difference or was it beneficial at all for the end prospector and from their perspective? And would you advocate any other changes to the calculation process? You know, I've heard some people talk about should the window be lengthened, you know, actually substantially a lot more so that you don't get this kind of trying to squeeze all this activity into such a small time frame. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess two parts to that. The first one is by lengthening the fixing window, it's arguable the price action has been more orderly, but it's difficult to claim that the changes have made life better for investors because there's still evidence of a surge in volumes ahead of the window opening. There's still evidence of front-loading of trades in the first half of that window. And there's evidence of momentum through the window with exchange rate direction in the first part of the window predicting the direction for the remainder. And I think that flow imbalance is going to exist whether the fixing window is one minute, five minutes, or 20 minutes. So I'm not really convinced that lengthening the window is going to provide a solution as the market impact is going to remain. And if we go out to something like 20 minutes or half an hour, It's just going to make it more challenging for banks to manage that execution risk as they try to hedge those orders. In terms of solving this problem, I think investors should just look at trading away from the fix, just trying to look at their objectives, which usually is to get the best outcome, the cheapest point of execution, uh, as long as you can deal in a liquid market. And you also want to look at minimizing your risk as well. 
And oftentimes, investors are holding off their execution for London 4 p.m. when they'd be much better off executing earlier once they realize that they're out of alignment with their hedging targets. So in your opinion, the London 4 p.m. fix isn't, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't fixable, um, but you know, that there's no kind of tweaking or changing to it that could make it better. It's better for investors to simply find another way to trade, another yeah. time to trade. I think as its primary purpose is to be used as a reference rate. So you know, investors use it to mark to market their foreign assets. They use it to mark to market their exchange rate derivatives. It's serving its purpose and it's doing its job quite well. Investors have evolved to trade at London 4pm fix because of different purposes. You know? and, and as I mentioned before, that additional liquidity, it's attracted more liquidity over time for better or worse. And those bid-ask spreads look conveniently narrow, but the market impact is the one thing that's being ignored. And do you think though, that people have gotten better and more sophisticated at measuring this impact now? No, not at all. I think what happens is they're observing that narrow bid-ask spread, which is transparent. So they're getting charged a commission from the bank. They're getting probably the London 4pm mid-rate and considering that that commission is their trading cost. And what they look at at the end of a month is they might see that their hedge return has matched the benchmark conveniently because the benchmark itself is being measured at London 4pm. So because your benchmark is trading at the same level as your own execution, you're not seeing the potential gains that can be made from executing away from that benchmark. And a lot of people are quite happy seeing their returns matching the benchmark and thinking that that's job done. One thing you talk about in the report is you refer to the FX Global Code of Conduct and you acknowledge the impact that that has had on the industry. Do you think that the awareness of the code and its contents has really filtered down to the end investor level? In a word, no. You know, overall, I think the code has had a very positive impact on the institutional FX industry. But it's fair to say that awareness and adoption of the code amongst the buy side community has been underwhelming. There's a lot to gain, actually, from the buy side from code adoption, including an awareness of what sell-side signatories can and can't do with that client's fixing order and how the market impact of an order may influence the bank's behavior. But you know, in reality, only a fraction of the nearly 1,100 public signatories to the code are amongst the asset manager, pension fund, insurance, or corporate treasury community. And there's a lot more progress to come. And, and really, I'd encourage firms to reach out to representatives in their local FX committee, or even me, for more information on how to make a start on the path to adherence. You might not have a, an answer for this one, but what more should we be doing as an industry to raise awareness on the buy side? Because I know the FX committees do have a buy side outreach program. Mm-hmm. There have been kind of attempts, and I know, or at least I understand that there was a fair amount of buy side input into the creation of the code. So what more do you think we should be doing as an industry to promote it amongst that segment? Well, I'm on the buy side outreach working group within the GFXC. And three things we identified early on when we started that working group was there was generally a lack of awareness of the code. There was a lack of motivation amongst the buy side community to sign up to the code. And then there was the issue of facilitation. Buy side market participants may have said, well, 
I don't really know how to get started. And so for probably 18 months, we developed a number of tools and resources that are now on the GFXC website to help raise awareness, to try and increase motivation, and also to help facilitate that path to adherence, including a comprehensive gap analysis template, some case studies, FAQs, and presentations to help demonstrate that path to adherence. But also, you mentioned how can we further adoption? And I think it's really important just for you know, maybe people listening to this podcast to get in touch with some of their friends or um, acquaintances in the industry and just say, hey, have you thought of adopting the global code? Because it really only starts with one person in each of these organizations to really feel motivated to do this and then drive it home within that organization. And I've seen that, you know, at a personal level amongst the Australian community. But, you know, I think that can happen really at local levels across the globe. Coming back to the fixed issue for a moment, I guess this is maybe the most pressing question I have for you today, which is why hasn't there been more of a significant shift away from the London 4pm fix? We've had scandals around it. We've had papers such as yours literally quantifying the downsides of using it and the benefits of moving away. Why have we got stuck in kind of doing the same old thing rather than actually seeing some change here? I think people don't realize that the fix is really effective as a reference rate and not so effective at representing a point for execution. And what I mentioned before around the benchmark itself using the same exchange rates as people executing, they're not identifying the market impact that comes through from that execution. In conversation with others in the industry, People are still generally surprised that what appears to be a benign and industry standard reference point could have such a costly dollar impact from their own implementation. And that's helped motivate me to write that report to really get across the message that, hey, it's okay to execute away from the fix and you're actually going to get a better result in the long run. Okay, so advocating for moving away from the fix, right? Funds use the fix to minimize tracking errors to their benchmarks and as a standard reference rate. If they stop using it, how else do they achieve this? Yeah, I think as a standardized reference rate, the fix will still exist and function well, even if investors didn't use it for trading and instead used it for marking the market, their foreign investments and exchange rate derivatives. I mean, that is the primary purpose. But, you know, secondly, in terms of minimizing tracking error, I think it's really important for investors to try to figure out whether they're trying to minimize tracking error or minimize risk, because tracking error isn't the same as risk. You know, for example, a return-seeking investor who waits until the end of the month to rebalance just because their benchmark MSCI index does, it really doesn't make a positive attribute out of minimizing tracking error with that benchmark, because for any material move in international asset markets through that month, they're already out of structure on their hedging program. You know, for example, a 10% drop in offshore stocks early in the month is going to leave an investor overhedged and overexposed to exchange rate risks until they rebalance. And that also happens over a shorter time frame. For example, through that volatility in February and March 2020, in the heart of the COVID crisis, investors really should be rebalancing at a very high frequency so that their hedging program matches their underlying assets. Investors who did wait until the end of the month or delayed their execution, 
they'll be wildly out of structure throughout that period. And it's the same for regular, more benign markets as well. In the end, if you're delaying your execution either on a daily basis until London 4 p.m. or delaying it on a monthly basis in order to match the rebalancing of the benchmark, you're only really minimizing tracking error against the benchmark, but the risk you are actually incurring in that fund is going to be greater. So I think for investors, it's so important to consider that differentiation between tracking error and risk, because it's really risk that's more important. And I guess the last thing I want to ask you, which is looking ahead, do you see a future for the 4PM fix? Do you think that we'll actually see a significant change in the industry as people kind of start to look at the numbers that the people like yourself are putting in front of them? I don't know how much momentum there's going to be on this, to be honest. People are really slow to change and it's evidenced by the take-up of the FX Global Code amongst yeah. the fireside community. There's this inertia. They have to think, well, what's in it for me? I really think investors should really weigh this up themselves, observe exchange rates throughout the day themselves, observe what occurs at the London 4pm fix and in the hour before the fix, in the 10 minutes before the fix, and really you know, make that judgment for themselves as to whether executing at the fix really represents to them best execution, because I'm convinced it's not. In terms of the fix being a reference rate, you know, I'm actually quite happy with how that's working even though I know sometimes some banks might disagree with that because there's still some kind of mystery around the design of the fix. But yeah. um, I think it's actually working quite well. It's really just that issue of executing at the fix that probably needs investors to consider quite a bit more. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks very much, Kellen. And to all our listeners, thank you very much. And please do join us again next time. Thank you for listening to the 360T podcast. Check the 360T website to catch up on past episodes and find new listings.